Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just one. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 64. Uh, can't believe we have this is the 64th episode, uh, but welcome. And those of you who have been watching and listening, you know that we call this series Leading Others to Christ. And what we try to do during these episodes, we're going to be focused on evangelism. And we have a lot of goals. Uh, and this has been so much fun for me personally to, uh, to do this. But uh, one of our goals is to actually to stir us up, to stir us up to love and good works, but especially in the area uh, of uh, reaching our family or friends, uh, co-workers, whatever, uh, with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. For those of you who don't know, Franklin's about 20 miles south of uh, downtown Indianapolis, uh, and I also serve as one of the shepherds there. Uh, those of you that know me, you know that I'm, I'm passionate about evangelism, and I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I've always been striving ever since then to, I'm going to use some phrases that most of you are familiar with, but I've always been striving to teach others, to sow the seed, uh, to be a fisher of men and women, to make disciples, to persuade men and women, and, and to teach others how to teach. Remembering what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously, and women, who will be able to teach others also. And then later on in that same chapter, uh, Paul there told Timothy to be useful for the master prepared for every good work. So back in 2020, when all this COVID nonsense hit, came up with this idea of uh, trying to do a podcast and never done anything like this before. So I'm still a work in progress on a lot of things. But I, I was thinking, you know what, if we could identify the Christians uh, men and women, fellow workers who are doing this, who are out there leading others to Christ, find out where they are, who they are, how they're doing their work, and interview them and see what we can learn. And it's been it's been a just a really uh, a great uh, process. And we're excited today to have someone with us that uh, that I'm confident we're going to learn a lot from. So get your pen and paper out, make notes, and uh, and listen. But we have. Uh, Kenny Moore with us today. Welcome, Kenny. Hey, Dan. It's a pleasure for me to be with you. I appreciate you asking me. Oh, it's uh, you know you've been on my list for a long time, and it's a good it's a good list. But uh, <laughs> I always I think I've said this before. I always ask everyone uh, that I interview to give me three names of people that I know that they know that I need to talk to, and and uh, our mutual buddy, uh, uh, what's his name? Kerry Keenan. Is that Kerry is that? Keenan. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. He said, well, one of the guys you've got to talk to is Kenny. And I said, all right, we'll get it done. So, uh, but uh, Kenny works with the, uh, the College View uh, Church of Christ there in Florence, Alabama. And again, we're just, uh, I'm so delighted that you uh, have the time to do this with us today. Oh, listen, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. I've looked forward to it since you asked me several days ago. So, uh, yeah, and I love talking about this stuff that you're talking about, Dan. I, I, I love your passion and, and uh, I'm grateful that I get to, share the good news every day. Well, good. We start out, I know you've listened to a couple of the episodes, but we always start out with what I call the elevator pitch or the short bio. And, 
And I know a lot of people know uh, who Kenny is, but uh, for the ones that don't, would you share with us just a little bit of, for example, go all the way back to where you were born, how old you were when you became a Christian and, and uh, kind of bring us up to where you are now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm originally from Arkansas. My parents who are both still alive, still live in Ball Knob, Arkansas, which is a small town in Northeast Arkansas. Uh, I grew up there. Uh, of course, uh, my mom and dad uh, are Christians and for which I'm thankful. And I was taught the gospel from a very young age and obeyed the gospel fairly young. I think I may have been 14 or 15 years old. And like a lot of 14 or 15 year old people who obey the gospel, uh, you know, I, I think I knew exactly what I was doing, but I didn't know how serious it got until I got older, like a lot of folks, and uh, came to be more engaged in, in what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be and whose I wanted to be, and uh, kind of got my own faith. I um, uh, left my hometown, and uh, I did attend Florida College for a couple of years, which was a benefit to me, and uh, played basketball there. I throw that in just because you were the basketball coach there. And, and so have I. I've been that too. But uh, then I uh, finished my college uh, time at Harding. And then I went back and I worked at Florida College a long time. And uh, But I preached most all of that time. I preached with University Church for over 30 years in Tampa. And then wow. about almost nine years ago, I moved here to Florence and started working with the College U Church. And I am uh, appreciate these brethren and uh, Appreciate opportunities I've been given. I didn't realize that you were there at university for 30 years. <clears throat> that's that's yeah, good. A little, little over 30. I, it was a great experience. I still miss those folks. I'm, if the Lord wills, I'll be back down there in November for a few days preaching with the church there, and I'm looking forward to it. Good, good. Uh, yeah, a lot of good people there. Uh, well, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, this one of the things. I don't know if I've asked it every time, but <clears throat> it's the old why question, right? With all the things, you know, when you were a kid, you know, remember, I remember a kid, they called me Danny when I was little. They'd say, Danny, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, and uh, they, you remember them asking you that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And when did you, when did you say, I want to, I want to preach? When did you, when did you start having that thought process? Well, that, that's a good question. I, uh, I started actually preaching for a small church when I, when I went back to Arkansas to finish my education, my, my uh, higher education at, at, to get my bachelor's, I started preaching for a small church uh, about 30 miles away from where I was in school. And, uh, uh, and I appreciated the opportunity those brethren gave me. And then when I moved to Tampa to start work at Florida College, the brethren at university asked me if I would uh, do some, they had a, they had a full-time man, but they asked me if I would, work with the church in whatever capacity I, they felt like I was needed. And I said, sure, I'd love to do that. And you know how that stuff, that just, it just kind of spurred my interest. And, and I, as I was preaching and as I was doing what I could, I wasn't a full-time evangelist most of those years because of my work with the college, but, uh, but I did, I did love to do it. And, uh, you know, frankly, Dan, I found, uh, I found, the fact that I wasn't doing it full time, I, I, I sometimes found that an advantage. Uh, even when I was talking to people, uh, you'll, you'll, I don't know how you find this interesting. You know, I, a lot of times when I'd get on a plane, somebody said, well, you know, you strike up a conversation and somebody says, well, what, what do you do? And I, and I decided if I wanted to, if I wanted to have a conversation, I'd tell them I was a coach. 
right. if I didn't want to have a conversation, I'd tell them I was a preacher because, because <laughs> I knew they wouldn't want to talk to me about that, you know? So, right. that, but, but I, I, it's got, it's kind of funny to me, but, but I love having those conversations and over, over, uh, over the years, that's been my favorite thing. Just to have conversations about spiritual things. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I told you, I try to feed off the comments and, uh, you're making me think of several things there, experiences that I can relate to, but tell, uh, tell everybody, if you would, just real quick about the uh, college view congregation, uh, tell us a little bit about the group there. Well, we're, uh, we're led by four men, four shepherds, uh, two of whom have, have served for two or three years. The other two have been serving for longer periods of time. Uh, we're, we're a, a church of about, you know, on Sunday, usually our attendance runs around 200 between 190, 210 sometimes. Uh, it's a good group. It's a group that's been around since 1960. Uh, you know, we're located, as some people like to call it, in the Bible Belt. I don't even know what that means. But, uh, but you know, I, I found that to be, sometimes I found that to be an advantage. Sometimes I find that to be a disadvantage in terms of trying to reach people with the gospel. But like we all know, you know, there's souls everywhere. And uh, I'm trying to find them just like you're trying to find them. And, and, and we're all, we all hopefully are trying to find them. But that's the group. And uh, like I say, I've been here, I will have been here nine years in June and uh, have loved, have loved every minute of it. Now you're, is this true? Somebody said you're, you're literally next door to the University of Northern Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that's right. UNA is a matter of fact, if I walk out of my office, I can watch a baseball game or watch football practice or listen to the band. And I, I listen to the band, whether I want to or not uh, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of days, but uh but, you know, I, I love that atmosphere. And one of the reasons I moved here, frankly, was because I love the collegiate environment. I wanted to be around it. I was around it for years. It right. kept me young. Uh, and, and there's opportunities on college campuses. There are, there are minds that are pliable and uh, there's interest there. And uh, so that, that really was one of the reasons that my wife and I, Beth, and I chose to move here when we were asked to come is we wanted that opportunity to, to, uh, to continue if possible. So it's, it's been good. I've enjoyed that part of my work. Well, I know uh, I can relate to that as well of the, uh, the college environment. Um, I miss that. What we had, we were in Lexington, Kentucky for a long time with the university of Kentucky. And uh, do, they have a, do they have a basketball team? I, th I think they're starting one up. I, but... think, I think I heard that too somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh but uh, yeah, the advantages and opportunities that are around uh, that around the, the the towns that have colleges and uh, and you got a community college there too, right? Northwest Shows, is that right? Northwest Shows, yeah. As a matter of fact, one of our members is former president there. We still have a couple of administrators there who worship with us, so that's good. given us a little opportunity as well. So we appreciate that. That that's really good. You know, uh, I know. Uh, I don't know. I was. I, at one time, I started, I'm going to talk basketball to him. Let's talk about defense. Or, no, no, I'm not. I'm being silly. But uh, <laughs> I know that uh, I know that you've done a lot of work, uh, uh, and I know you've, you've done some overseas work. We just touched on it the other day, and uh, I, I wanted to, because I think you, you did some things with Kerry uh, Keenan, if, I, if I'm remembering right. And then, uh, but I think you put in, especially when we talked the other day, Costa Rica. Uh, 
and so share with share with everybody a little bit about what your work has been there. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's really close to my heart to work there and the brethren there. And I still, even though I haven't been there in a couple of years because of COVID, uh, we we're still involved in Zoom classes there with the brethren on a regular basis and trying to maintain that relationship with them and hopefully even go back here shortly. But uh, I've been involved with brethren there since 2010. Uh, and I'm just going to share, uh, you, you may ask me this later, but if you do find out, but I'm going to just share, I'm going to share why I go there. I think that's, okay. I think that's really just providentially. It's something that has impressed me. Uh, in my work at university, uh, I, I would typically go out to the building there, oh, two or three, maybe more times a week and do some work. And, um, it's if, if you know where university is there in Tampa, it's on, it's on a highway, a very busy highway. Yes. One of our members, Walt Hunter, I don't know if, do you, do you know who Walt is? Walt and Louise Hunter? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Walt, Walt has passed. Louise, his wife is still alive, but Walt uh, moved there in uh, several years ago. He's uh he's the father of Brent Hunter, whom you have. Oh, oh uh, I, yes. Yes. So, so Walt was from California and they moved to Tampa. And I, I say all that because one day when Walt and Louise, this was many, several years ago. Now they were, they'd come to the building to do some work that morning. And when they got out of their car, they saw a couple walking, walking down the street, literally just walking down the street and Walt doing what Walt does. He just hollered at him and said, Hey, how about y'all want to come to church Sunday? Well, how many people do you know who, if you holler at them on the street, are going to accept an invitation to come to church, you know? Right. But they did. They stopped and talked to Walt. And it, they were talking in some broken English, but they were talking and they said, hey, we will come. Well, I don't think Walt really expected them to. I certainly didn't expect them to, but they came. And their names were Sergio and Sela Chavez. And long story short about my work in Costa Rica, they were from Costa Rica. They obeyed the gospel, started worshiping with us. And several years after they obeyed the gospel, Sergio came to me one day and said, Hey, would you be interested in going to Costa Rica and talking to my family? And I said, interested. I, yeah, I'd be interested. Let's go tomorrow. I mean, I, it, some, when somebody asks you to do that, you know, you jump at that opportunity. So Carrie and I, Carrie Keenan and I went uh, Carrie knew, knew Sergio and Sela as well and had done some work with them. And so we went, I think we went, I think it was 2010 was the first time and uh, did some work, did some, some, had some studies with Sergio and Sela's family. And we enjoyed that. Uh, that didn't bear as much apparent fruit as we were hoping. But while we were there, we, 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 we met some Christians there. Uh, we started worshiping with some brethren there. And of course, you know how that goes. When you meet people who are believers, you just, that, that relationship's there quickly. And so the brethren there asked Carrie and me if we would, would keep coming back and work with them and help them. And of course we just built that relationship and, Carrie and I have made several trips together along with others that we have invited to go. And we've enjoyed that, but even Carrie and I haven't been able to go together for the last several years. But, but, but just because Walt Hunter mentioned to that one couple 
walking down the road, would you, would you be interested in coming to church? That conversation, his willingness to say something to them has given me now this opportunity to make probably 12 or 13 trips. Wow. The Costa wow. Rica. It's just, it's just amazing how in the good providence of God, things happen in our lives to reach people. So I'm thankful for that opportunity. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, one of the things that's come out in uh, these interviews, and actually Benjamin Lee was the first one we interviewed, and it came up in, in that one, and it's almost come up in every one. Uh, and uh, and I'm going to I'm going to bring it up here. Is this what if? So it's like, uh, and when you said I know Walt and Louise Hunter, I I did meet them years ago. But uh, but uh, what if? when they got out of the car and saw that couple, look how easy it would have been for him. He, he could have seen them and just ignored them and turned and gone on into the building or whatever they're going to do and not say a thing. I mean, right. just in an instant, right? And so because he reached out to them, invited them to service, so they become Christians, led to him saying, could you go and talk to my family? Yeah. yeah it's just... Uh, yeah, the providence of God, I, I love it. I don't understand all of it, but I just, but uh, hey, we've had that come up so much, Kenny. I went and got the domain name, the What If Movement. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, because there's so many stories. We're got, we'll talk about a conversion story here in a minute, but so many of the conversion stories of situations where people, they had to connect or somebody introduced, and it's like, well, what if that hadn't happened? And uh it's like my what if is if what if I hadn't asked uh, my future wife when she was 15 and I was 17 to go to the county fair and it was on a Wednesday night. Her mother said, well, she can go. But uh, but, uh, you know, we have Bible study on Wednesday night. Why don't you see if Danny wants to go to go to church with you before you go to the fair? And I went, sure. But yeah. I mean, I I was more interested in her than I was what was going to be going on at church. But, sure. but anyway, that's where it all started. But what if I, what if, right? So that's, that's fascinating. It turned into 12 to 13 different trips and you're still going to go back. Lord willing. Oh, Lord willing. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh my. All right. Let's do the, the conversion story. And maybe you've got more than one. I, I know you do, but well, share, share with us a story. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, there, I mean, it's not like there's just thousands or anything like that, but I, I, there are some that are more special than others, just in terms of how it happened and, you know, the, 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 the reaction that people had to the gospel. I, uh, I remember one young man, younger man, this was fairly early in my, in my preaching career. Uh, a, a young lady at the college, at Florida College, came to me and said, I'm dating, I'm dating a boy who really doesn't have a lot of background uh, any religious background. And of course, uh, that's almost my favorite <laughs> because you, you, you don't have to do a lot of unteaching. You just, you just, you just teach and you just talk to him. And he was, he was young. And of course, like, like you, uh, you know, he, he was uh, interested in a girl, but his interest was, I found it to be genuine. And uh, he, he obeyed the gospel after several studies, but the, the reason I just mentioned him, what stands out to him is he was a weightlifter. And I mean, he was a, he was a bodybuilder. And uh, on the, on the morning where we were at the building and on the morning, he said, well, I'm ready to obey the gospel. I thought that's great. And I went up to, <laughs> went up to put the garments on him. There weren't, there weren't any garments big enough to fit him. And it was just him and me. So just 
just, it was just funny. It, I baptized him. He was in his birthday suit and he obeyed the gospel, but, but, uh, I, I've lost touch with him, but that, that's, that's a funny story. That's not a very serious story, but it is, it is someone who obeyed the gospel. Pr- probably the person the, the couple that, that I remember very, very fondly. And, and I remember him cause he's, he preaches now. Uh, but they came to our building, uh, one time because the girl's mother or rather the girl's sister was a member of the church in another part of Florida. And she just, she just told her sister, you find just, if you would just find a church of Christ and, and just go and just see what you think. Well, you know, that, that can mean a lot of things, <laughs> you know, True. just, just go find, but, but she did. And she, and, and she, and, and this boy, she was dating happened to come to our building and they happened to come to one of our services. And that was one of those few times I beat Walt Hunter to the punch. Cause if Walt saw a visitor, man, he was on them fast. I mean, it was almost like we were, we were in competition, but in this particular case, I, I got to, I got to him first and, and just, just ask, you know, we'd, we're glad you're here. Would you be interested in studying the Bible? And, and they said, yes. And uh, I didn't know this at the time, but, uh, she was, she, that they had, they had met working together in a Toys R Us. And uh, uh, there were some circumstances in their relationship that made it a little bit more difficult, but they, they really appeared to care for each other. But, but obviously, you know, they were looking for something deeper than what they had, something that was lasting and something that was worthwhile. And uh, they said, yeah, and we'd love to study. And they did. And you know, it's just one of those things, Dan, that just th- their background was so different maybe than what maybe yours was or mine was. But yet when they obeyed the gospel, they not only were converted, but they, like you, I love to hear what you said. You know, when I obeyed the gospel, I saw that as an opportunity to help others. And they're doing that now. And uh, I stay in touch with them. And uh, when I when I think about them, I mean, I've got a couple of pictures up in my office and that kind of continues to motivate me to say, okay, there are still people out there who are willing to obey the gospel and hear the gospel. And, and, uh, so they are, they are motivation to me now. Uh, every day when I walk into my office, I see them and I remember them and I'm in touch with them. So that's, that's, that's typical. I think, I think of a lot of people, but that's, that's one of the stories that I remember because he now, uh, he has preached full time, but he's not now he's doing some secular work and preaching on a, on a, you know, just a, as he can basis, but he's doing what he can and, and they're doing what they can. And they've raised their kids and their kids are Christians. It's just, again, it's, it's not me. It's just Providence that brought them, brought them to us. And, you know, it's just us being willing to say, would you, what if, you know, I, I love that. Yeah. It's um, well, and I've tried to, you know, we all have been raised and rightly so to give God the credit and, and uh, uh, like Paul, you know, uh, the watering and the planning and, and uh, God gives the increase and all that. Uh, but you know what? I just, we, we do have a role to play. And, yeah. and I know, you know, that in, in, one of the things that's come up here is kind of kind of a negative thing. Uh, Matt just gave me the signal for we got five minutes left, but uh, can you believe it? But anyway, no, one of the things that's come up here uh, 
it, a lot of research has been done, Kenny, on, on a negative thing is uh, the number of churches that are closing, uh, the shortage of gospel preachers right now, the young men uh, lack a desire to, to get involved in the work. Uh, in a lot of places, uh, they have like the church at Ephesus and, and Revelation, they've lost their first love. And that's one of the things we're trying to do is to stir, uh, stir everybody up, as I said earlier. Um, but, but we do have a key role. And we, like you said, Walt usually would race to the door to see a visitor come in. But how many congregations you go, you know, and I've had people say I've walked into congregations and nobody said anything to me uh, or uh, not feeling, feeling welcome at all. If somebody's searching and they walk into a place like that, uh, they're not going to come back. Uh, they no. might even leave. They might leave before the service is over with. So there's there's just a lot of things that we could talk about of the the energy or the enthusiasm is just in some places it's not where it needs to be, and and that's what we're trying to do is say we got to get back on fire again. Yeah, I, everything you just said, I find that I find that hard to believe. How, how, how can a person walk into a building, not be spoken to, or, or, or not be engaged in some level of conversation to find out about them? I, I, I won't say I find it unforgivable, but I do find it unbelievable that Christians who, who, have, who, who have such a, ought to have such a passion for the gospel. And yet, here, here's a, you know, people who walk in, that's, that's like a free throw, man. That that's kind of that ought to be given. Know you know, you got it's, it's the people you have to go find that 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 sometimes is the hard part. Absolutely. But here we got people walking in. I can't believe it. You know, so yeah, you I, you hit you hit a nerve with me when you said all that, Dan, for sure. I can tell, I can tell. But but it's it's so sad because I've had so many people. You've probably heard this story, but a couple was telling me they went into a congregation and they sit down, and uh, nobody said anything to them. But then they they were sitting there. I don't know if they were filling out a visitor's card or what they were doing. They turned and looked and there was, they were sitting right on the aisle and there was an older couple standing there and they said, hi. And the couple said that you're sitting in our seat. And it's like, exactly. you know, it's like I can't believe it. I've heard it too. I've heard that same story. I know it's like, and it's just like, come on, you know, uh, you know, what would Jesus say to us? Right. Well, I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. what in the world are we thinking some, but, but anyway, it's it's turning into it, it's like it's uh, you, back to the Bible Belt thing. Maybe it's not so much that you hear that in the Bible Belt, but other parts of the country that you do, or maybe the, uh, where the church isn't as strong. But uh, that's been great too. I've interviewed I, I I don't think every state yet, but but just a lot of the states from you know New York to Florida to California to Washington, Texas, Georgia, all over. And the communities, you've seen this, the communities that we are in has a whole lot of impact on, on how the work is done there in that community. Um, you know, it's just like talking to uh, Caleb Churchill uh, up in, New in Harlem. And uh, when he walks out his front door every day of the people that he sees on the street are entirely different than the people you're going to see on the street in Florence. And just the, from the cultures and the different different makeup, but but it's that it's that way in Franklin, Indiana. You know, the, it's just the cultures are different, and uh, that's one of the things that we have to learn how to do. Is uh, it, just like when you go to Costa Rica, is it different in Costa Rica than it is in Florence? Sure. Absolutely. Well, sure it is. Yeah, just the makeup of the people and the way they look at things and think about things, and 
you know, I, I just, uh, but yeah, I, I, we get excited about this. But um, one thing, there's more than one thing, but I, I told you I'd ask you that at the end. Somebody's listening to this and maybe they, maybe they identified without really realizing it. You know, I'm one of the ones, I even said that one time to somebody you're sitting in my seat, or I've seen people at church and I've not greeted them, or I've seen people walk by the building when I'm there and I never said a word to them. What, what would you say to, to somebody, Kenny, that one thing that they could do or learn that they need to learn how to do to lead others to Christ? Yeah. To me, to me, this is easy. It's just say something. Don't, don't, don't leave any opportunity unchecked. You know, I mean, I try and I don't always do it, but you know, I've, I've started a conversation with a woman that works at circle K. I try to, I go in there every morning and she knows me and she calls me brother Kenny just because she knows I preach, but you know, it's just striking up a conversation then. I mean, there's more to it than that. And I realize that, but if you don't start that, if you don't create that, most people, I mean, if somebody says something to me, I try to find a way to talk about spiritual things. But to me, the one thing is just speak up, have the conversation. Don't be afraid to do that. I, I, don't, I don't understand people that say, well, it's just, you know, it's just hard for me to bring it up. Well, just, just try, just try. I think if you try it, it you'll get better at it. Yeah. It's a, uh... Of course, I think it's part of my personality, but, I, you know, I don't meet strangers and I'm not bragging. That's just, I guess, the way I was raised. But I don't know how many people over the years I'll say it'd be like meeting you for the first time and say, well, where are you from? Where are you from, Kenny? And uh, people and it's so, you know, servers and, and people uh, out in the world, simple conversation to them. And I don't know how many times it seems like five or ten minutes later, they're still talking. They want, they don't have anybody to talk to. Nobody, yeah. like the girl at Circle K, you know, maybe nobody says that much to her because she's supposed to be doing her work. And they, but because you've had that conversation, she calls you uh, Preacher Kenny. Brother and, uh, Kenny, yeah, she does. Brother Kenny, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I don't know. It's just such a, so, you know, it's like the fundamentals. You know how important that was in sports. Sure. Uh, and there's some, it seems like in a lot of places we need to go back and start over with the fundamentals again, yeah. not just of the gospel, but how to build relationships, how to make connections, uh, uh, because it's just so, so important. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I wish we had, I mean, I love to, I wish we had more time. I, I just think it's important. You know, it's not just bringing it up, but it's what you say initially. It's that first conversation. It's what you talk about. It's, You've got to stir some interest. They've got to see their need. It's, it's, you know, you know, Dan, you do this all the time and it's different strokes for different folks, but, but man, I, I just, I, I just feel like if we can just have a conversation, then the people that want to hear it will hear it. The people who don't want that, but the Lord had to face that too. Oh yeah. I mean, just think of, I mean, it's often used to think of Jesus worn out sitting there by the well and the lady comes up and he has that, he says, give me a drink of water. Right. I mean, that's how the conversation, and look where that went, you that's know, exactly right. uh, still, but, look where it still goes. I mean, that's, it, that's a yeah. motivation all the time. You know, somebody said it uh, early on, but once you do this, once you're involved in leading someone to Christ and see them actually respond in obedience, once you see that and you feel, and you, you're a part of that and you get it, don't you think it's contagious? Yeah, I, I will tell you, and and you, and I love telling you this because you know this. 
you know, I've been on teams that have won big games. I've coached big games. I've won big games. I've lost big games. But but that does nothing. That The feeling of all that is nothing like the feeling of somebody looking at you and saying, I get it. I'm, re- I'm ready to become a Christian. I, I even, t- when I talk to you about that, I mean, it, it, it sends chill bumps up, up my spine, just saying that to you. But, but that's the greatest thing to me about my life is I can share the gospel. And when people, when, when people see it and they have that aha moment, what I call the aha moment where they get the fact that they need to be doing something to obey the Lord, that's, that's the greatest thing that can happen. Yeah, it really is. And when you understand the big picture, there's nothing more important. Nothing. Uh, and, to, and to realize that you played a role in that of either planning or watering or an introduction, it's to me, it's huge. Yeah. And uh, the more people that we can motivate to understand that, uh, uh, you know, to God be the glory. Uh, let's say that somebody was listening here and, and uh, we've got quite a few people that are listening to these podcasts, which is exciting, but Let's say that somebody said, I want to get to know this Kenny guy. Uh, I, I, would you, do you have a contact information that you'd be willing to share if somebody wanted to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, but you can find me on Facebook. You know, I, my email is Kenny, K-E-N-N-Y dot M-O-O-R-E-R at gmail.com. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Probably, I don't know if it's wise to give out my phone number. I mean, if it is, I mean, I'm glad to do that. But yeah, so or, or you yeah, you can reach me any any of those ways for sure. Okay, all right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, it's really uh, really great to uh, uh, to see you and, and talk to you this way. And keep up your good work. I've heard I've heard so many uh, stories about you over the years, and and they've all been good. And uh, and uh, just just keep up your good work there. And uh, uh, and your wife's name is what? Her name is Beth. Beth. She was. Yeah, I was going to say just real quick. Tell Beth we said hi, and how about this? We got just a couple minutes. Give Beth a shout. What? What? Watch this. How important has Beth been in your work of leading others to Christ? Yeah, I mean that's. You should ask me that at the first because I can talk all the time about that. Yeah, I mean without her, I can't do what I do, and with her, she helps me. I mean it's obvious, and and I try to have studies when she's there. Cause she yeah. adds so much. I mean, and she has studies, you know, w- without me, she's doing some teaching as well. And yeah, I mean, it's just hard. It's, as you know, it's hard, it's hard to, to, to explain the, the, the importance of having someone who can help you and is willing to help you. And, oh, and she yeah. won't, and she wants me to do what I do. That that's a blessing too, you know, uh, to have a woman who is supportive of you and course that's the and i mean i think that's exactly what the lord wants and and i'm, I'm thankful that i married a woman who is, is so good and, and loves the lord too well uh i'm glad i thought to ask now, see you yeah, have to I'm tell her now so that she'll listen to the podcast so she, i will, I, will. I, I, did, I did you did get a shout out dear i wanted and dan dan led led me to that so that's good Uh-oh. You've seen some of those things where you have to, where they say to you now you have to listen to the end. There's a big announcement. At the end. No. I know. Listen. Uh, yeah. Hey, right. let, hey, let me tell you. I appreciate what you're doing, Dan. I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know who all listens and who all this reaches, but hey, it's you're doing something, and I appreciate you doing it. I, I think I, I know it helps. So thank you for doing it. All right. Well, thank you, brother, and we will uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. Melt my heart and
and fill my life. Give me one soul today.